Miss Alliance Repertory Theatre is proud to present The Music Cure by George Bernard Shaw. This is not a serious play. Come, come, be a man. No, really, this is silly. You mustn't give way like this. I tell you, nothing's happened to you. Hang it all, it's not the end of the world if you did buy a few shares. I never meant any harm in buying those shares. I'm ready to give them up. Oh, I never meant any harm in buying those shares. I never meant any harm in buying those shares. Won't you believe me, Doctor? I never meant any harm in buying those shares. Of course you didn't. I know you didn't. I never... Don't go on saying that over and over again, or you will drive us all as distracted as you are yourself. This is nothing but nerves. Remember that you're in a hotel. They'll put you out if you make a row. But you don't understand. Oh, why won't anybody understand? I never... You've never meant any harm in buying those shares. This is the 400th time you've said it. Then why do you keep asking me the same questions over and over again? It's not fair. I've told you I never meant any harm in... Yes, 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 yes. I know, I know. You think you made a fool of yourself before that committee. Well, you didn't. You stood up to it for six days with the coolness of an iceberg and the cheerfulness of an idiot. Every member of it had a go at you, and every one of them, including some of the cleverest cross-examiners in London, fell back baffled before your fatuous self-satisfaction. Your impenetrable inability to see any reason why you shouldn't have bought those shares. But why shouldn't I have bought them? I made no secret of it. When the Prime Minister ragged me about it, I offered to sell him the shares for what I gave for them. Yes, after they had fallen six points. But never mind that. The point for you is that you are an undersecretary in the War Office. You knew that the army was going to be put on vegetarian diet and that the British Macaroni Trust shares would go up with a rush when this became public. And what did you do? I did what any fellow would have done. I bought all the shares I could afford. You bought a great many more than you could afford. But why shouldn't I? Explain it to me. I'm anxious to learn. I meant no harm. I see no harm. Why am I to be badgered because the beastly opposition papers and all the opposition rotters on that committee try to make party capital out of it by saying that it was disgraceful? It wasn't disgraceful. It was simple common sense. I'm not a financier, but you can't persuade me that if you happen to know that certain shares are going to rise, you shouldn't buy them. It would be flying in the face of providence not to. And they wouldn't see that. They pretended not to see it. They worried me and kept asking me the same thing over and over again and wrote blaggardly articles about me. And you got the better of them all because you couldn't see their point of view. But what beats me is why you broke down afterwards. Everyone was against me. I thought the committee a pack of fools, and I as good as told them so. But everyone took their part. The governor said I had disgraced the family name. My brother said I ought to resign from my clubs. My mother said that all her hopes of marrying me to a rich woman were shattered. And I'd done nothing, absolutely nothing, to what other chaps are doing every day. Well, the long and short of it is that officials mustn't gamble. But I wasn't gambling. I knew. 
It isn't gambling if you know that the shares will go up. It's a cert. Well, all I can tell you is that if you weren't a son of the Duke of Dunmo, you'd have to resign and- <sighs> Stop talking to me about if. Let me alone, I can't bear it. I never meant any harm in buying those shares. <laughs> I never meant any harm in- <laughs> shh, 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 shh. There, I shouldn't have started the subject again. Take some of this valerian. That's right. Now you're better. Why does valerian soothe me when it excites cats? There's a question to reflect on. You know, they ought to have made me a philosopher. Philosophers are born, not made. <laughs> Fine old chestnut, that. Everybody's born, not made. You're getting almost clever. I don't like it. You're not yourself today. I wish I could take your mind off your troubles. Suppose you try a little music? I can't play. My fingers won't obey me. And I can't stand the sound of the piano. I sounded a note this morning, and it made me scream. But why not get somebody to play to you? Whom could I get? Even if I could bear it. You can't play. Well, I'm not the only person in the world. If you bring anyone else in here, I shall go mad. I'll throw myself out of the window. I can't bear the idea of music. I dread it, hate it, loathe it. That's very serious, you know. Why is it serious? Well, what would become of you without your turn for music? You have absolutely no capacity in any other direction. I'm in Parliament, and I'm in Undersecretary. That's because your father is a duke. If you were in a republic, you wouldn't be trusted to clean boots, unless your father was a millionaire. No, Reginald, the day you give up vamping accompaniments and playing the latest rag times by air, you're a lost man socially. Oh, I say. However, perhaps it's too soon for you to try the music cure yet. It was your mother's idea, but I'll call and tell her to wait a day or two. I think she meant to send somebody to play. I must be off now. Looking again later. Meanwhile, sleep as much as you can. Or you might read a little. What can I read? Try the Strand magazine. But it's so frightfully intellectual. It would overtax my brain. Ah. Uh, well, I suppose it would. Well, sleep. Perhaps I'd better give you something to send you off. What's this? Varanol? Don't be alarmed. Only the old-fashioned remedy. Opium. Take this. That will do the trick, I expect. If you find, after half an hour, that it has only excited you, take another. I'll leave one for you. Better leave me a lot. I like pills. Thank you. I'm not treating you with a view to a coroner's inquest. You know, don't you, that opium is a poison? Yes, opium. But not pills. Well, heaven forbid that I, a doctor, should shake anybody's faith in pills. But I shan't leave you enough to kill you. You'll tell them, won't you, not to let anyone in? Really and truly, I shall throw myself out of the window if any stranger comes in. I should go out of my mind. None of us have very far to go to do that, my young friend. Ta-ta for the moment. You can't go out that way. I made my mother lock it and take away the key. I felt sure they'd let somebody in that way if she didn't. You'll have to go the way you came. Right. Now, let me see you settle down before I go. I want you to be asleep before I leave the room. Hmm. Doctor? Doctor, help! What is it? Nothing. Nothing? There must have been something, or you wouldn't have yelled like that. Yeah, what was it? Well, it's gone. What's gone? The crocodile. The crocodile? Yes. It laughed at me and was going to play the piano with its tail. Opium in small doses doesn't agree with you, my young friend. 
I shall have to give you a second pill. But suppose two crocodiles come? They won't. If anything comes, it will be something pretty this time. That's how opium acts. Anyhow, you'll be fast asleep in ten minutes. Here, take it. It was awfully silly of me, but you know I really saw the thing. You needn't trouble about what you see with your eyes shut. Would you mind looking under the sofa to make sure the crocodile isn't there? Why not look yourself? That would be more convincing. I daren't. You duffer. All serene. No crocodile. Now, go bye-bye. making that noise when I'm playing. Have you no sense? Have you no manners? I'm awfully sorry. Sorry? Why did you do it? I thought you were a crocodile. What a silly thing to say. Do I look like a crocodile? No. Do I play like a crocodile? Well, you know, it's so hard to know how a crocodile would play. With stuff. Please! Who let you in? What is that to you, pray? It's my room, you know. It's nothing of the sort. It's the Duchess of Dunmo's room. I know it's the right one because she gave me the key, and it was the right key. But what did she do that for? Who are you, if you don't mind my asking? I do mind your asking. It's no business of yours. However, you'd better know to whom you are speaking. I am Strega Thunbridge. What? The female Paderewski? Pardon me. I believe Mr. Paderewski has been called the male Thunbridge. But no gentleman would dream of repeating such offensive vulgarities. Will you be good enough to return to your sofa and hold your tongue, or else leave the room? But, you know... I am ill. Then go to bed and send for a doctor. You mustn't play. You really mustn't. I can't stand it. I shall simply not be myself if you start playing. Then I shall start at once. No, you shan't. <gasps> oh, I say, what lovely hands you've got. The idea. <laughs> you are strong. My strength has been developed by playing left-hand octave passages like this. <laughs> I really cannot play if you keep your ears stopped. It is an insult. Leave the room. But I tell you, it's my room. Leave the room or I will ring your bell and have you put out. No, no. Somebody will come if you ring and I shall go distracted if a stranger comes in. Don't you see that I am ill? 
I see that you are mentally afflicted, but that doesn't matter to me. The Duchess of Dunmo has engaged me to come to this room and play for two hours. I never break an engagement, especially a 250-guinea one. But didn't she tell you anything about me? She said there would be a foolish young man in the room, but that I was not to mind him. She assured me you were not dangerous except to yourself. But I will have no nonsense about not listening. All the world listens when I play. Listen or go. But I shall have to sit on the stairs. I daren't go into any of the rooms. I should meet people there. You will meet plenty of people on the stairs, young man. They are sitting six on each stair, not counting those who are sitting astride the banisters on the chance of hearing me play. How dreadful. You've no right to bully me like this. I'm ill. I can't bear it. I'll throw myself out of the window. Do! What an advertisement. It will be really kind of you. You'll be sorry you were so unfeeling when you see my mangled body. Ah! There's a crowd. I daren't. Waiting to hear me play. I can stand that, you know. Thank you. The fact is, I can play a bit myself. An amateur, I presume? I have often been told I could make a living at it if I tried. But of course it wouldn't do for a man in my position to lower himself by becoming a professional. Tactful that, I don't think. And what do you play, may I ask? Oh, all the very best music. For instance? I wish you belonged to me. <gasps> you young blackguard! How dare you! You don't understand. It's the name of a tune. Let me play it for you. I don't think you believe I can play. Pardon me. I have heard a horse play the harmonium at a music hall. I can believe anything. Ha-ha! <laughs> Do you like that? What is it? Is it intended for music? Oh, you beautiful doll. <gasps> Take that! <laughs> beautiful doll, indeed. Oh, I say! Look here, that's the name of the tune, too! You seem quite ignorant of the best music. Don't you know Rum Tum Tiddle? And Alexander's Ragtime Band? And Take Me Back to the Garden of Love? And Everybody Likes Our Mary? Young man, I have never even heard of these abominations. I am now going to educate you musically. I am going to play Chopin and Brahms and Bach and Schumann and... You don't mean classical music. I do. Pig. I forgot the people on the stairs. Crowds of them. Oh, what shall I do? Oh, don't, don't, don't play classical music to me. Say you won't, please. Oh, I say. That's rather pretty. Like it? Awfully. Oh, I say, you know. I really do wish you belonged to me. <laughs> oh, oh, stop. Mercy. Help! Please! Please! Will you ever say that again? Never. I beg your pardon. Hmm. Oh, that was fearfully classical. You want your back stiffened a little, my young friend. 
Besides, I really cannot earn two hundred and fifty guineas by playing soothing syrup to you. Now prepare for the worst. I'm going to make a man of you. How? With Chopin's polonaise in A major. Now, imagine yourself going into battle. <laughs> Goose. The crowd is worse than ever. Have you no pity? Come here. Don't imagine yourself going into battle. Imagine that you have just been in the battle and that you have saved your country by deeds of splendid bravery and that you are going to dance with beautiful women who are proud of you. Can you imagine that? Rather. That's how I always do imagine myself. Right. Now listen. Takes a bit of doing that, dearest child. Now, for it. Oh, this is too glorious. Must have a turn, or I shall forget myself. Can you play this? Nothing but this? Nothing but that? Very softly at first, like the ticking of a watch. Then louder and louder as you feel my soul swelling. I understand. Just give me those chords again to buck me up to it. confidence to impart. Your playing draws it from me. Listen, Stryker. I mean, Miss Thundridge. That's better, but I prefer wonderful woman. You are a wonderful woman, you know. Adored one? Would you mind my taking a little valerian? I'm so excited. Now I feel that I can speak. Listen to me, goddess. I am not happy. I hate my present existence. I loathe Parliament. I am not fit for public affairs. I am condemned to live at home with five coarse and brutal sisters who care for nothing but alpine climbing and looping the loop on aeroplanes and going on deputations and fighting the police. Do you know what they call me? What do they call you, dear? They call me a clinger. Well, I confess it. I am a clinger. I am not fit to be thrown unprotected upon the world. I want to be shielded. 
I want a strong arm to lean on, a dauntless heart to be gathered to and cherished, a breadwinner on whose income I can live without the sordid horrors of having to make money for myself. I am a poor little thing, I know, Strager, but I could make a home for you. I've great taste in carpets and pictures. I can cook like anything. I can play quite nicely after dinner. Though you mightn't think it, I can be quite stern and strong-minded with servants. I get on splendidly with children. They never talk over my head as grown-up people do. I have a real genius for home life, and I shouldn't at all mind being tyrannized over a little. In fact, I like it. It saves me the trouble of having to think what to do. Oh, Strega, don't you want a dear little domesticated husband who would have no concern but to please you? No thought outside our home? Who would be unspotted and unsoiled by the rude, cold world? Who would never meddle in politics or annoy you by interfering with your profession? Is there any hope for me? My child... I am a hard, strong, independent, muscular woman. How can you, with your delicate, soft nature, see anything to love in me? I should hurt you, shock you, perhaps. Yes, let me confess it. I have a violent temper and might even, in a transport of rage, beat you. Oh, do, do! Don't laugh at this ridiculous confession, but ever since I was a child, I have had only one secret longing, and that was to be mercilessly beaten by a splendid, strong, beautiful woman. Reginald, I, I think your mother spoke of you as Reginald. Reggie. Reggie. I, too, have a confession to make. I, too, need some music to speak through. Will you be so good? Angel. I, too, have had my dream. It has consoled me through the weary hours when I practice on scales for eight hours a day. It has pursued me through the applause of admiring thousands in Europe and America. It is a dream of a timid little heart fluttering against mine, of a gentle voice to welcome me home, of a silky moustache to kiss my weary fingers when I return from a titanic struggle with Tchaikovsky's concerto in G major of somebody utterly dependent on me, utterly devoted to me, utterly my own, living only to be cherished and worshipped by me. But you would be angry sometimes. Terrible, splendid, ruthless, violent. You would throw down the thing you loved and trample on it as it clung to your feet? Yes. Oh, why do you force me to confess it? I should beat it to a jelly and then cast myself in transports of remorse on its quivering frame and smother it with passionate kisses. Let it be me. Let it be me. You dare face this terrible destiny? I embrace it. I adore you. I am wholly yours. Oh. Let me cling, cling, cling! Nothing shall tear you from my arms now. Nothing. I am provided for. Oh, how happy this will make my mother. Sweet, name the day.
Thank you for listening to The Music Cure, a production of Misalliance Repertory Theater directed by Gary Alexander. The cast included Matt Gall, Doug McKechnie, and Kate Young, with musical accompaniment by Tom Bechtel and audio editing and sound effects by George Zahora. This production was made possible by generous support from the Gentis Karuna family, the Sunshine Fund, and Shaw lovers like you. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement and in accordance with the British Macaroni Trust. For more information on Misalliance or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at misalliancerepertory.org. <laughs>